0: What's up everyone? This is Pastor Sam and this is Danny and together we're exploring the letter of
1: James. Man, I almost said Ephesians. The letter of James. Ephesians. Yeah, we're way past Ephesians. In there, in there, there. How's it going everybody? Hopefully you're having a great, um, great week. Great week. It's a good weather, man. It's, I mean, it's not super cold, but the weather is turning a little bit, but overall it's great. But It's
0: not 100, Danny. I don't know to
1: <laughs> Oh, well, well, we are in it this week again, looking at James, you know, today we're going to be exploring uh, verses, uh, from chapter 1, verses 12 through 15, right? Correct? 15? I thought it was like until chapter, verse 18. Oh, yeah, verse 18, 12 through 18, you get bonus. So <laughs> we're there we go. still going to try to finish at the same amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, everybody's been enjoying, like, you know, it's like, you know, it's a little shorter than what we've been going, and... The sermons are longer, but the podcast <laughs> is shorter <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's jump in, man. Let's just jump into this passage. It's, it's, it's a great, uh, great, great word of God here. It's a lot of things, a lot of, you know, it talks about verse 12 talks about blessed is the man who remains steadfast on the trial.
0: I know. I, I kind of talked about that last week. Uh, yeah. Uh, last week's sermons, you know, this the <laughs> word blessed here is a word of being favored by God. That's what the Greek word is, is favored by God. I love that. Um, I love about that. We were just talking about this, uh, you know, in a little bit. In my life right now, we uh, junior uh, playing soccer and he's benched right now because the coach favored somebody else, right? Like, hey, yeah. t- you know, you can get the benefit from f- being favored. Uh, yeah. You know? and, and that's and, what blessing and is. And on right? the team, God is speaking <clears throat> a man who persevered in the trial, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, one of the things I really like what you said uh, about bless, being blessed, I mean, you're having the favor of God, right? Um, you know, I think, you know, a lot of times when we think about temptation and being blessed, I think of two things, right? When, you, when you're when faced with temptation, you're faced with, it's, you're at it down with two things, the short-term payoff of yielding to it or the long-term cost of of yielding to it. Mm-hmm. so like a lot of times that's why it says that we're to be blessed is the one who endures temptation mm-hmm. this is a promise for those who love Christ sure. it is a great motivation for us to be obedient to him and also it's the summation of the law that we see in Matthew 22 verses
0: 37 through 40 yeah and, and uh, this word uh, blessed is a different word from happy I've heard people say happy for this word the word here the Greek is makarios which is, is differs from the word happy. Um, so it's not about being happy or having good luck. It is a personal choice from God towards the specific individual uh, to give them something that is good. So like going back to, you know, it's just an illustration just because we were talking before. If a coach picks a kid that's not junior, that kid has a favor of the coach that kid has something that is better, as the coach is making a personal decision towards that kid. Of course, he's making a personal decision towards Junior too, which is mm-hmm. due to rejection. But I think it's what it passes on here too. It's like God is looking towards those who endure under trial, who doesn't give up, who doesn't give up their faith, who doesn't give up their belief in Jesus. Mm-hmm. No matter what the circumstances is, steady steadfast with character with good work you know and so on and so forth god looks at those people with favor uh is instead of being marked by the fullness from god and of god so the believers has the indwelling of the holy spirit because of christ and the result of that uh mm-hmm. To be fully satisfied, no matter, you know, to result that we are fully satisfied with no matter the situation it is because we understand of the blessings that God brings to us.
1: Yeah, I, I like to think of it this way, like it's like who can claim this blessing, right? Like sure. The who, right? Mm-hmm. And when I think of the who, it, it is for the person who perseveres on the trials, mm-hmm. which is in context of that all-consuming love. It's not just the mere fact that... You're undergoing trials that makes you worthy, but rather the fact that you persevered under those trials is what makes you worthy. And, and and Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 30. But not only that, but it's for those who have been approved by trials, right? Again, it's not a matter of reward, mm-hmm. but it's it's a proof of the character of your faith that you have. That's who can claim this blessing. But well, what is the blessing? Uh,
0: well, you got the crown of life. <laughs> I mean, there's a big debate of what this promises is, right? What, what yeah. does this crown of life is? Is no, um, the crown is not a crown like a kingly crown. That's a completely different word in the Greek. This is a word that means uh, a wreath, typically given to an athlete who wins, yeah,
1: like a winner in a contest. Yeah, yeah. in a
0: contest. So a particular event or racing you know, or so on and so forth. So throughout the New Testament, it refers to multiple crowns. But I think they all means the same and this is like you you won the race you got this crowns, like a prize for that which he the circumstance that you just faced went through
1: yeah and then then you know james goes on talks about you know like you know he says that you know blessed the man who wins steadfast in the trial he says let no one say he's tempted by god for i'm being tempted by god
0: yeah this is like people <laughs> use a lot of his right this seems to be like a very weird transition doesn't it? yeah it, like, it is. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very weird you know it is not that's not smooth. He's like talking about like you know standing fast and you know verses nine and 10 and 11 exaltation you know and humiliation so being humble and exalting both people boasting and all this stuff and before that it's is, is about joy and which, which are standing and out of a sudden he's like let no one when tempted say that God is doing the thing. Um it's just interesting it is it, interesting and interestingly enough, the one Greek word it is translated here both is translated here both trial and temptation. So whenever you see that in the New Testament is the same Greek word, it's simply the uh, it is simply the context that determines whether the translation is trial or if the translation is testing or temptation. So it's not it's not a different word here, um, you know. People seem to 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 indicate otherwise, uh, like on verse thirteen, switches to the verb, which uses just a little hint that the meaning of this word has changed just a little bit in the section that follows on verse thirteen. So even though the concepts of trial and temptations are different, I would. I would not say that they are unrelated. We might be, even though they <coughs> like seem to be translated differently, I think they are related.
1: Well, one of the things I, one of the things I really like to think of is like, in order for God, and go with me on this for a little bit, right? in order for God to entice someone to evil, you would have to say that we, fir- we would have first have to have been enticed to evil himself, which is sure. impossible, mm-hmm. right? God is all righteous. There's no evil in Him. There's no sin in Him. So God is perfect. He's perfect in that way. So things that we say is that temptation from God is not from God, right? Temptation is universal. Temptation is not only for Christians or non-Christians because we all go through things in our lives. And, you know, it's just the perspective and how you see those things. We we talked a lot about trials and having the right frame of mind or what that is. But I think James is very clear here. This is a, This is a command, really. It's not like a like a suggestion it's like god cannot t- god does not tempt us and a lot of times you're right people look at the things that they go into and they say well god is testing god is tempting me he's putting this in my life but that that's not the case well and 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 i think that the thing with uh trials and temptation,
0: the concept <clears throat> and the thing is that every time we are in a trial we often respond to it poorly so that makes us very vulnerable and when we are vulnerable we fall into temptation so i think that's how those two words link and i think that's what you're trying to say god does allow us to go through trials mm-hmm. that is true it's, because we talked about trials helps us grow right grow that's what you're you, god yeah. uses that yeah so when people don't so when people act poorly through their trials and then they fall into temptation and that's how people makes that math like well God, allow me to be tempted. Like, no, 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 no. You reacted poorly to the tempta- to the trials you went to. You became vulnerable. That vulnerability makes that trial a temptation. But also, it is that trial that becomes an opportunity for maturing. So how you respond to trial, it will determine your growth or if you're going to be tempted and yeah. then you're going to sin, and then the thing continues. So God uses trial for maturity, but is that same circumstances that leads you to maturity can lead to your destruction?
1: Yeah, and I, and I was actually going to say that because a trial can lead us to two ways, right? I like the way you put it: maturity, or in this case, temptation. Sure. How can a trial become temptation? Is when when we are drawn away, right? When we James uses this analogy, and he says, you know, we're drawn away, we're enticed, and then he gives this this idea of what that can become in us. It, it's kind of like very. Um, it, it takes a beautiful picture of of, of birth, which is a sure. beautiful thing, yeah. and then and then it shows you what 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 becomes a beautiful thing can be birth into death. Like he says the yeah. verse here, he says, but each person says he's lured away, he's enticed by whose desire his own desire mm-hmm. and when the, when we fall into this right where we don't grow when we don't mature but we instead fall into, fall temptation, into temptation when we give into that desire it, it conceives and gives birth to sin and when it's fully grown it brings forth death the imagery here mm-hmm. is so it's so um i don't want to say the word vulgar but it's very drastic mm-hmm. because here's a beautiful thing when you think of con- conception right you think of giving birth this is a beautiful thing we just had a baby boy it's a beautiful thing, a beautiful picture. But what James is saying here, Because we he looks like Amanda. He does look like Amanda, but when <laughs> uh, I don't know. Sorry, broke you through. Quarter of public opinion may, may disagree, but uh, <laughs> but um, but what I'm trying to bring the point here is that what become what what's supposed to be a beautiful thing in the eyes of God, it gives birth to death. Sin gives birth to death, and and that right there is is. It should tell you how you should look at temptation and stay far, far away from it.
0: So, uh, can I? So, I don't think you're ready right for this one. I don't know. We might end here by the end of the day. So, he uses birth here, mm-hmm. right? But then on, the, on verses 16, 17, 18, 19, on verse 18, he says, It's from his own will he brought us forth. That is the same. Same idea of birth. We'll get there, mm-hmm. but you had to be careful with birth because birth. There are, what? Wh- what does Zechariah had to do with his birth? Nothing. Nothing. So keep that in mind for verse eighteen. Mm-hmm. But in here, so we gotta carry somewhat the same idea here because it says the desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin so that's very so this
1: is very important
0: who is the agent of what gives birth to sin is
1: us yeah our nature our selfish, our, our, our desires. so it is
0: if there is mom and dad it says it is then the desire so it's like but each person is tempted when he is lured enticed by his own desire mm-hmm. then desire when conceived gives birth to sin so like the combination of you in in your willingness to see your desires being fulfilled that brings sin into is into into existence. So sin ha- sin is a, a, a agent, it is a it's birthed or mm-hmm. born, yeah. born yeah. out of you. Yeah. This is for me I, I don't know, it might be simplistic but for me it's very <laughs> important. I agree. A lot of people want to blame other people for things that they, the sins that is birthed out of them. Whatever is birthed, like here, sin is not an agent. Sin is a product of some action that was taken before. Mom and dad has nothing, has everything to do with Zechariah's birth. Zechariah has nothing to do with it. Sin has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Some other things get and James is trying to get us to see this thing happening here. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm following you. So he says, let no one when tempted say God is an agent here because God doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't work. Temptation and desires come together. They have their little thing.
1: (laughs) Sin comes out. Sin, exactly. It's the, it's the product like you said, it's. It's he says your own desire. You yeah. bring it upon yourself. Yeah, right that's now. the. And, and, and God he, has nothing <clears throat> to do with it. The
0: devil has nothing to do with it. We play the blame uh, game yeah, too yeah, much. Yeah, the devil <laughs> made me do. Okay, sure. Okay, done. You have a trial and then instead of behaving biblically you behave badly now became a temptation you fell into it And now you're just nurturing that temptation your desires comes along because temptation only you only fall in your temptation Because the desires of your heart and then you fall into it. and then the desire and your heart is just in the couch doing this thing and <laughs> then boom sin shows up and then what? Bring forth death. That's right. Exactly. So uh, it's just a, a dumb analogy, but But it's the language that is being used here, which is the same language James used later on. on Yeah,
1: and and, and that's what, like, one of my statements I had here was that it's important to remember that the temptation to sin, and this is what you're talking about, is not sin itself. It only becomes sin when it's conceived through a decisive act, which you're talking about. On our own. Yes. That's what, That's when it becomes that, right? So, yeah, I'm trying. with you. You're fully responsible exactly. for your sin.
0: You can't blame the devil. You can't blame God. You can't blame your situation. You can't blame other people. You just can't. You're the one who birthed this thing. Yeah. I mean, and the thing that is born don't have the choice to make to be born.
1: Exactly. And let me even finish with this statement that kind of wraps up, I think, what we're both talking about here. It says... Mm-hmm. We, say, we said God doesn't bring trials and all life with temptation, but he allows it, right? He allows it because it helps us grow. Mm-hmm. But when they become temptations, when we allow our fleshly desires, which we're talking about, to rule over us, it carries us away, enticing us to gratify those desires in mm-hmm. a way that is contrary to God's will for our lives. And James here, he's showing us how to deal with temptation. He reveals the source, which we were talking about is our own desires, and when that, when that happens, it's, it's forcing us to take responsibility for what it creates in our life, which is that sin. Mm-hmm. But then he also talks about how he helps facilitate our growth in Christ. So there's two ways you can go with this, right? You can choose the path of giving in, or you can choose the path of maturity and growing. The choice is yours. And to your point, we bring it upon ourselves. We, we reap the consequences of our own actions. Yeah. And too many times we try to say, well, you did it, or you forced me to. James is very clear here in this passage. It's it is on you. It is on you, and you alone only.
0: I completely agree, Danny. I I think you heard completely right, and, and I think that's I think some of the, that's some of the things that people misses out in the Bible. You, you know, you you if you have been a follow, if been with us for the last seven years that we have been doing ministry together here at the see you have heard me say this all the time. This verse is important for me because it molds even part of my philosophical thinking and theologically thinking because people ask me all the time why is there evil in the world why god why if there is god so good why is that why does he allow evil in the world and most of you have heard me answer this question no it's a, it's a wrong question the question not because there is evil in the world even the world is birthed by us we are the one who allow evil to be born out of us right it's mm-hmm. something that is birthed out of us i don't even know the right english here yeah but um and so the next, the following verse, is. so that's why I, I say what I say on that, because of the following verse, it says this, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers and sisters. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation of shadows due to change. So James is very Chris-like. The so that's what I tell people all the time. You're asking the wrong question. You ask the girl, well, Where is there evil in the world? Well, he says that before because we birthed that. Yeah, the question must be, Why is there good in the world? Well, you know why? Because God, uh, out of his mercy and grace, releases good into humankind. If God wasn't good enough, or not good enough, if God wasn't good, well, yeah, if, if he God wasn't good, wasn't yeah, good yeah. enough, yeah, I, I don't know. You, I don't know if, if God wasn't good he wouldn't release us good yeah therefore we wouldn't have good in the world
1: yeah and i think you know i think it's important to recognize that you know which we kind of keep touching on is that we need to greet every trial as a test of faith that god is going to help use to perfect mm-hmm. us right mm-hmm. that's what he's mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. um but yeah but you're right and then then i like the next part. he said don't be deceived which you talked about but then he said every good and perfect gift comes from where from above and i think that's what you're leading to is that Mm -hmm. there is goodness in the world because god is is still has a a stake in humanity he didn't give up on humanity after the fall in fact he redeemed humanity through jesus christ and everything that we have everything that's good in us is because it it comes from god and james is trying to remind us of this truth here and one of the things that i love about
0: this is that it kind of reminds me There is nothing that can come into my life that's going to make me more happy, more joyful, more fulfilled, more deeply satisfied than that what God has already offered to me. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I think so. Like, there is nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing that outs, that, yeah, there is nothing that is outside of God, of what god can produce that will satisfy me and sometimes we're trying to find satisfaction happiness joy and all these sinful things fulfilling sinful things and we need to remember that lust and and selfish desires and fleshly desires will end up leaving us um, will fail us and um will destroy us and so i think you want a good gift is, is in the hands of God, isn't on the hands of more material things, more relationships, more health, more. No, it's is in the hand of God. Um, I think the problem is sometimes that we don't believe that, is, you know, um, only what God offers is good nothing outside of that is good and i think that's the problem we have do we believe that do i believe that ultimately everything that's good and right comes from god Uh, and if the answer is yes then therefore so then then you have to realize that god is god you know i need to submit and surrender to what is his and to his way uh you know uh, I can no longer call my way the best way, or my friends' way the best way, or the government way the best way. It has to conform to God's way, because if if nothing outside of God can makes me can be good or right for me, then you have to submit and and, and surrender to God's ways. Only His way will do, which is a problem to humankind. Very very complicated. Um, so I don't know. Everybody has to answer that question. Do you believe that good gifts and right stuff is only in the hands of God? If it is, if you do it, then you have to submit to His way and His way only. You can't do your way. You can't do government way. You can't yeah. do your friends' way. You can't do your doctor's way. You can't do your wife's way. You can't do your husband's way. You can't do anybody else but
1: God's way. Yeah, and and God's gifts have a purpose too. Right. All the gifts that God gives us has a purpose in our life, an intended goal to help accomplish our maturity in Him. So it comes back, it comes full circle. Like, you know, the things that are bad that we're going through that's difficult is to help us mature. The things that are good is to help us mature. All of this is God is perfecting in us, you know, our will for our lives. And as a result, at the end, product is going to be uh, what we do and how we choose to act, how we choose to respond to what God has given us will ultimately lead to the the, the the things that we kind of I don't want to say recoup, recoup is not a good word of saying it, but you know you kind of get what you get, right, based on your decisions in life, you know, you, you, you face the consequences, God has already given you an option to kind of like, do good things to grow in your faith, walk closely with Him, but if you continue to over and over turn away from Him mm-hmm. then the end result is not going to be good for for you
0: Yeah, There's a little word here that I that people, uh, no many people. I never heard many people talk about these when they talk about James. I, even the same, this, the the commentaries we have been studying they didn't really. I kind of got it from I was just studying word and the word shadow. You know, like I don't know. I mean, like shedding. The, I was reading about this, learning a little bit. It's it's something we all know too. Shadow in the un- ancient world was a big deal. They didn't have electricity, you know, they didn't have electricity lighting up all this stuff. So basically they depend on the light of the sun with the uh, exception of maybe fire or candle here or there, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so most of life was lived in significant shadows. These people lived in shadows. So we both in the Old and the New Testament, shadows became kind of a metaphor for these people. It's a place where bad people's hide is a place where animals hide is a place where you experience an ambush is a place where you put things where you don't want anybody to see them shadows were a big part of life so the idea that god is the father of lights is saying that he's the originator he's the creator of lights he he isn't just light but he's like the guy who started the whole light thing up It, it comes from him Um, so it's a kind of this idea flows from him and therefore it's not possible that he could have any shadows because he's the originator of of. so um there is no pockets of darkness in god there are no secret sides of god there are no evil therefore god is the. so god is this idea of everything that is bright that is good that is right comes from god and and, and and it comes from this scientific thing or this life thing. It's like, you know, shadow. You know, he's the father of light. People are scared of think It's, shadow, he, it's the
1: extreme he, opposite, right? You have yeah. darkness. Shadow is, is dark, but then he's father of light. So your point that there's nothing. He, he illuminates he, everything he, around he him. He started the whole thing, <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: Like, you can't get light without him. Like, it goes back. I love this This part of the chapter one of of James, especially in the bottom here, he's trying to talk about originators, origination, like where they come from, or whatever the word is, where where things came from, where did this stuff started at, who started this stuff up, right? Sin started with who? Us, mankind. That's exactly. I I love
1: that Charles uh, Spurgeon had this quote. I really love this quote. It says, Ascribe all evil to yourself. Mm. to the world or to Satan but ascribe all good unto God yes you know like and like that's what James are doing <clears throat> yes yeah, exactly that's yeah. what he's illustrating here and that's why he says every good gift every grain of goodness every trace of excellence everything that we have that's good in this world comes from him but never evil mm. evil does not come from him we're the ones who corrupt the world with our evilness we're the ones who corrupt the good things in our life that God has given to us by choosing evil by choosing to not see the gifts that he's given us good and and then
0: verse 18 comes of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first-fruit of his creation dude he's talking about rebirth here it was (laughs) a big topic in the the Bible in the New Testament theologically Uh, but you know, in 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 other words, uh, he said the enemy lies to us and say to us you could be your own god. You can, uh, with you in charge, your life could be better. With you in charge, it, that you know, uh, that need would be met or whatever. You know, with you in charge, everything's going to be all right. Always the way you wanted to be. Uh, religion-driven people lie to themselves and 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 says you can do it by yourself you can make yourself good you can make yourself god you can make yourself uh, 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 good enough for god or acceptable for god or whatever just try really hard you can do it but then these texts come and say you are rebirthed by god according to the word of truth god came along and say hey folks all these things you've been living about yourself, that the world is saying, that the enemy is saying, that you're telling yourself this is all like You cannot be on your own God. You cannot save yourself. You can never be going on in your life, make your own choices and decisions on your own and getting good results. Actually, you are a desperate sinner headed for destruction, headed for judgment. And only God can take you out of it. But... But I love this thing here. is is an act of God, which sometimes you don't like it very much. But on His own will, He brought us forth. God birthed it, mm-hmm. saved people. Yes,
1: yeah, so I think I think we kind of chopped this one up a lot, right? I think um, we want to kind of stay within that twenty five minute mark. But sure, yeah. Um, anything else you want to add as a wrap up on this section here? No, I, if I one thing I want to say is in the beginning that was god in the beginning yeah. <laughs> the last thing I, no, I should have said before the beginning that was god before the beginning <laughs> uh, but what i want i want to close by saying this like you know that's another thing just from Spurgeon's, like the word of truth he talks about that in the last part of the verse there right the mm-hmm. word of truth cannot be joy to our mouths unless we have experienced it in our own lives mm-hmm. unless we have experienced it in our lives and You talk about joy a little bit in your sermon a couple weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's important for us to recognize that, you know, we have to experience it. It's an experience Mm -hmm. thing. So if you never go through trials and come out on the end where you're growing, then you'll never see joy maturing in your life. You'll always be thinking of, like, God is testing me. God God is against me. When it's everything this passage that Jim is trying to teach us, what we've talked about here is quite the opposite. The bad things in our lives is of us of our own the good things in our life is of god and then we mature in that and then we recognize who god is in light of who we are
0: yeah we need to stop praying the trials away <laughs> yeah we need yeah. to start praying for god to strengthen us yeah exactly to birth in us to strengthen the, the courage that we need in order to overcome the difficulties
1: of our lives yes yeah. well that's the section here on this these couple verses we hope that you continue to track with us as we kind of go through these Uh, we're trying to keep it condensed and short for you so you can enjoy it it makes no sense to have a long one where you don't finish it We figure it's the best way to do it so we're we're taking our time going through it with you so we hope that you appreciate that Enjoy us on this journey
0: thank you very much be blessed yeah thank you as we
1: say before we go be blessed have a good one